How about that cigar? <laughs> oh, we're punchy, guys. Oh, it's, it's Tuesday night. We are back in the uh, in the Drew Estate Studios. And uh, yeah, I'm making funny faces. We are a little punchy because it's lockdown time. But this is episode number 52 of How About That Cigar Live. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in on Facebook Live or on YouTube Live. We thank you so much for spending some time with us. If you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thanks so much for listening to us while you work out or drive down the road or whatever it is you do when you listen to audio podcasts. We want to thank, as always, our sponsor of the studio, and that is Drew Estate. They want to announce the unveiling of the 2020 Herrera Esteli TAA exclusive release. It is a 6x52 Toro featuring a rich Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, bold Brazilian Matafita binder, and lush Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Drew Estate Master Blender, Willie Herrera, exclusively for the TAA. This cigar is a testament to the complexity and quality behind the Herrera Esteli line. Drew Estate Master Blender Willie Herrera said of the new blend, My goal with this blend was to take the lush Connecticut Broadleaf Kappa Tobacco and apply my Miami style to the blend. This cigar shines right from the cold draw and gets better with every puff. I'm thrilled that now the boxes match the rest of the Herrera lineup. They will pop off the shelves. Pop. The Herrera Esteli TAA exclusive is packaged in 12-count boxes with a total of 800 boxes produced. For more info, please visit DrewEstate.com. So, mm. Garrett, like I said at the start, mm-hmm. we're a little punchy this evening. You know, everybody Turtles on... breathe out their butt. <laughs> Turtles breathe out their butt. That is, a, is that, is that uh, from uh, one of your tr- uh, trivia contests this week? Uh, no, that is from the twelfth time I've seen Frozen Two. Oh, Frozen Two! I all, I only saw it once, so uh, <clears throat> and once once was enough for me. So no, I want to thank Olaf <laughs> for that uh, piece of yeah, yeah, good it, one. So so all of you guys watching and listening, I know you're in the same boat as we are. It's just one of those times we live yeah, in man. this really strange time where we're. We're locked down. We're we're stuck inside. I mean, you can go out, walk the dog, and things like that. But you know, just as far as sort of every day, we're used to being able to go out and yep. cigar people go out to the shops and interact with people and stuff like that. And we kind of have to, you know, do it virtually. And you know, there's so many people having virtual herfs on Zoom, which I love. I encourage yep. people to keep doing that and and doing it on Facebook and stuff like that. We actually, uh, so we took away half of the dishes that we have in our house because we quickly learned within, you know, a few days of all this, it's like, Oh my gosh, I just did all of the dishes yesterday. <laughs> and again, today it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, cause obviously we're eating at home several times. It's, you know, the dishes are piling up like crazy and it's like, all right, you get one plate, you get one bowl, <laughs> you get a fork and a spoon and, uh, and that's it. Well, and and we just, I was telling Garrett this earlier, we just, uh, just today, a brand new Chipotle opened here in little old Forest Lake, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a tough time for a brand new restaurant to open up, but it's Chipotle people. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're fine. They're fine. So, uh, and the great thing is right away, we were able to go. My wife went on the, the app and ordered it and they delivered it right to the house. So we had Chipotle for lunch today. Uh, but guys, if you're out there, you know, just do whatever you can to, you know, keep yourselves positive and, you know, don't stress out about this too much. Um, and, you know, although we can't go to the cigar shops and hang out with our friends, 
um, you know, you can still participate and be an active member of the cigar community. So get out there on Facebook or the forums and participate, you know, get on some VHERFs and, you know, just do everything you can to just keep the cigar community going. There are some cigar shops that are still doing curbside uh, pickup where you can order on the phone and, and, and pick up. If that's available, you know, do that. But most of the cigar shops that I know of are closed right now just until the, uh, you know, the, the shelter in place gets lifted and, and things like that. So, you know, just encourage you guys to stay involved in the cigar community as a whole. Um, we have a great special guest tonight. We're very excited. We tried to have him on a few months ago, but things, things kind of went a little technically south, but that's all good. Um, we're very excited to have him on the show tonight. Please welcome from Aganorsa Leaf, Terrence Riley. Terrence, welcome to How About That Cigar Live. How's it going, brother? Oh, I'm just living the dream. Thank you for having me, guys. Absolutely. We're glad to have you on the show. And you are coming from coming to us from sunny, hopefully sunny. Well, not sunny because it's nighttime, but beautiful and warm Coral Gables, Florida. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, the weather's been very beautiful. Today was a bit hot, but uh, up the last couple of weeks overall have been really nice, which uh, makes all this a little bit easier. Yeah. So, um, Terrence, tell us, while you are sitting out on your patio, um, tell us about what you have fired up to smoke along with us tonight. Well, I'm smoking one of our Aganor Salif uh, Signature Maduros, which is, uh, there we go, I'm getting the camera there. Uh, this is a cigar that comes out uh, a couple times a year. We, it's uh, what we call allotment releases. Um, it's special for a couple of reasons. One is it, uh, it uses our proprietary shade-grown Corojo Maduro wrapper. Um, most people use San Andres or or uh, Broadleaf, of course, for, for Maduro. But we actually, uh, in Jalapa, have uh, some acreage under cheesecloth up there. And usually you'd associate shade with, uh, you know, Connecticut shade, a lighter wrapper. But uh, we use higher primings and, uh, and ferment for a longer period of time with, with the, the thicker leaf. And it gives that dark Maduro hue, but it's still a Corojo uh, wrapper. So that's really interesting about it. And we also... Uh, use a little bit of medio, medio tempo in the blend. And, and to give you an idea of medio tempo, uh, out of 14,000 bales we harvest every year, 50 to 80 are medio tempo. And uh, it's a temperamental leaf. It's a strange looking leaf. It's, it's a smaller leaf. It's thick like alligator skin. Um, and there's not a lot of it and it, it can be inconsistent. So there's a little bit of, of that in there as well. Okay. And we're, and we appreciate you sent a few of this these to us to try um and these we're firing up the uh i believe this is the corona gorda size if i'm not mistaken yes sir and oh. um uh for those who are watching and listening if you don't know we um i actually reviewed the uh the toro size of this cigar on how about that cigar.com uh recently and it scored very nicely at a 91 it's a very nice cigar but this and i was telling terrence before we went live this this uh particular vitola uh, and the Corona Gorda is, is, is very much in our wheelhouse. So we're very excited to fire this one up right now. Yeah. And, um, I know that, you know, cheesecloths are, uh, you know, uh, kind of a standard thing for a lot of leaves. I'm wondering if anyone has tried a cheese wheel, you know, let's grow some tobacco under cheese wheels and just see what happens. Maybe in Wisconsin. The- <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That, that'd well, be the place. In Wisconsin, they they tried it, I think, but the you know the the cheese fell down and crushed the tobacco plants, so doesn't work very well. Bummer. Can't can't win them all. <laughs> can't win. Yeah. Think outside well, the if, box. If if they're going to figure it out, Wisconsin is where they will figure out how to actually hang cheese over anything. 
any well yeah anything pretty much they do it at football games all the time um so terrence tell us about um give us a little bit of an idea about um that first time that you sat down and fired up a premium cigar and and how that you know through whatever means how that led to you becoming somebody who really enjoyed and 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 loved premium cigars and then how that uh continued to lead into a career in the industry so i uh the first time I had a premium cigar, I, I, was, I was younger, and I spent the summer in the uh, Dominican Republic. My uh, uncle is a gentleman named Manuel Casada, known for Nat Sherman, the, uh, the uh, Casa Magnum uh, brands that they make in Nicaragua, um, Casada brands, obviously. And I decided, oh, you know, I'm out of school for a little bit. I'll go down and, and uh, work in the factory and have a good time in Dominican Republic. But I didn't smoke cigars. I just wanted to go down and have some fun. And uh, while I was down there, I, I went over, you know, the first week and I went over for a Sunday dinner with my uncle and we were all there with my cousins and everything. And after dinner, they said, hey, would you like to have a cigar? And I didn't smoke. And I was, you know, I was always against cigarettes and everything like that. And uh, he said, well, you know, try this. Petit, it was a petite Corona uh, Fonseca vintage is what it was. Oh. And, uh, and I, lit, you know, I lit that up. And you know, I, I enjoyed it, but what I really I enjoyed even more was just the whole experience of it. I, we, were playing, we were playing cards uh, at the time. Uh, we were on a big Añejo uh, tequila kick, and we were drinking some uh, some Don Julio Añejo, and uh, mm-hmm. and then between that and then working in the factory, where you just see how much cigars don't look like the Mona Lisa necessarily, but when you see the work that goes into them, uh, it's amazing how many people are involved to make it come out right at the prices that they're at. I mean, if you yeah. consider the taxes and everything else too in there, it's, it's even more of a miracle because it takes one person to screw it up. I mean, if the person puts on the band uh, with too much glue and you take it off and it tears the wrapper, the consumer doesn't say, oh, you know what, this was really well you know, blended and the tobaccos are aged. They just didn't put the wrapper, uh, the, the band on well. Well, then uh, the guy just goes, nah, it's a bad cigar. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that's it. And that could be it for you. You may never try your product again. So, uh, yeah. So it's amazing how much work goes into it. So that was really kind of my first uh, endeavor into the industry. Yeah. And um, tell us about when you made the transition over to uh, Casa Fernandez. Sure. And then, um, you know, how Casa Fernandez transformed into, uh, as we know it now, Aganor Salif. Sure. So when I, when I, when I left Casada, uh, I kind of, I, I, I did. I left without any sort of exit strategy, really. I, I, uh, I, I decided that it was uh, time to, to pursue other things. And and uh, I just kind of spent a month uh, interviewing with some different companies. And I was very blessed to be able to speak to some of the some really incredible companies in this industry. Um, and the reason I ended up with Cass Fernandez at the time is I thought it was for me the most opportunity uh, to really to really play a role in, in building and building them. And the reason for that is I thought the blends were incredible, uh, but really they weren't well known and the packaging was really not well done and it didn't tie together. And so the best cigar you've never heard of is one you don't smoke, but that's, that's somewhat of an easier fix mm-hmm. than if there's a, an issue with the cigars or if there's other ways that they're marketing the company or, or, or whatever else I can't, for instance, if there's a problem with the cigars at the factory, like the, they're, you know, they're not using aged tobacco or something like that. I can't really do anything about that. I, I go to the factory a couple times a year. Um, but that's, I mean, 
that doesn't really allow you to solve anything. Um, so for me, it was a problem that could, that I could contribute to fixing. And that's what really appealed to me. Now. Um, so you haven't been on our show, but it's a little bit like Quentin Tarantino. We jump around a lot. <laughs> I'm just going to go with the flow. Do what you got. Right do. on, man. So are you still a, a consumer of, of, uh, different cigars? Or are yeah, you absolutely. Much- I'm first and foremost an enjoyer of cigars. Love uh, it. it. Yeah, and it's funny. It's funny way. I have to change hats when we when we do that. If you're talking about sure. things that, that I personally like and things yep. that I, you know, I that's that's one hat. And then there's you know as as the person that works in the company, for instance, like you know people love Lanceros. Uh, it's not my favorite size, but I enjoy a Lancero, mm-hmm. especially if I have the time to enjoy a Lancero. Lanceros don't really sell. <laughs> they don't sell that well. Yeah. And so if when you're coming to Garrett, they do. <laughs> they do to me. Yeah, they do to you. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, all we need to do is clone about, you know, about a million of you. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. I'd make them all day. But they just so when you're coming out with a brand, you have to say things like, OK, I love a Lancero. But if shelf space is tough, it's, it's a competitive market. Yep. What's the best way to succeed? Is that with the Lancero? Now, there's some instances where that makes sense. You know, there's some you know store exclusives and and things like that, and some and some lines that where the the, the line in itself appeals to that type of consumer. Mm-hmm. But but you have to think of those things. It can't simply be oh, I like a Lancero. We'll come out with a Lancero. You know. So when you walk into a new humidor, what what's your process like? What are the things being you know the business that you're in? Um, I know that I have my own process that I go through when I walk into a new humidor, but how about you? When you walk into a new humidor, what's your experience like? And, and you... I'm, I'm, I'm as a consumer, you mean? Yeah. As a consumer. So as, see, so for the, and that one, if it's you're a wearing little, a hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, that's, that one's a little bit tougher only because I like analyzing how they, how things are set up. Yeah, where am I going to put my stuff? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. also even taking like our own product out, like their process. So, yeah, does anyone come up and speak to me? When they do come up and speak to me, what do they say? Like, how do they narrow down my choice and things like that? So yeah. that, that part, I, it's hard to separate. But I, I tend to, you know, I tend to to try not to overthink it if I can in terms of if I'm if I'm just in there by myself and just walk around. What what catches my eye? Why does it catch my eye? Okay. And and what are the factors that make you know that make it interesting to me? You know, part of it, who made it, that is obviously always an interesting you know part for me as somebody in the you know as somebody that enjoys cigars and, and, and has a fair amount of knowledge of the different factories and all that kind of thing. Uh, I also try to think like how somebody that doesn't really know that much, what would they, what would be you know attractive to them, what would catch their eye, um, and, ter- and that goes into packaging how it's presented. I mean, I always use a great example. I mean, Perdomo does an amazing job presentation wise. So I, 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 anytime I walk into a humidor, I always notice them um, because yeah. of, of, of how they display and, and, uh, and the information they put on the boxes and, and it's really very uh, well thought out. And so that's an example of something that, okay, well, look, you know, that that's eye catching. So, but those are the types of things I, I kind of, I kind of do. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that question is, one of the things that I always do is, first of all, I just I walk around the humidor to see, you know, how well organized it is, and and yep. if it's if it's messy, if it's moldy, stuff like that. But yep. I always look at the floor first, and the reason is I've I've had 
so many experiences over the last many years where you find a lot of hidden gems on the floor. If they're, if they're overstocked in certain things, or yeah. if they, if they pull in new product and need to make shelf space for it, a lot of times just out of uh, being in a rush or whatever, they'll take whatever product used to be on the shelf and they'll put it on the floor. And a lot of times that product gets lost and it get, it'll get on the floor kind of tucked under five or six other boxes. And you can really find some good hidden gems, stuff that's, you know, maybe been off the market for a while or, or cigars that are su- supposedly hard to find that all of a sudden, Oh, they got two boxes on the floor hidden behind these, you know, these uh, house blend bundles or whatever, because they ran out of space for it. So mm-hmm. I always start on the floor and work my way up. And there's, and there's two types of shops like that. There's, there's shops where that's somewhat intentional and there's shops where it's unintentional. So there's, there's off the top of my head, I can think of a store where I go to where the guy has bought two boxes of every cigar ever made, I think. And so he, he, he has all this stuff yeah. that like, he doesn't even, like, he's been there for 10 years, 15 years in some cases. And you, and that's, you know, you kind of go treasure hunting and you look at, like you said, look on the floor, look behind other boxes and you see, Oh, look at this I found. And there's a few stores like that. And then there's, a, there's some stores where, where it's intentional. Like you'll go in there and then if you ask somebody, it's like, Hey, where do they keep the, he's like, Oh, he's got some old this back here. And so then you go look and, and he's like, or, or they have it behind, you know, something else where, where they actually know where the, the stuff is and they know what they actually have. And they, yeah. you know, if somebody has that type of interest, they'll point it out to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun, you know, sometimes being able to find, um, you know, stuff that you had forgotten about, you know, mm-hmm. we do, we'll do the, the, the flashback reviews on, on how about that cigar and you find a cigar that you maybe you haven't smoked in 10 or 15 or 20 years. And that that still happens to be a staple brand that's that's on the shelf, and you realize, oh man, I haven't had one of those in forever. So, you, I find myself every once in a while saying, yeah, I'm going to grab a couple of those and see what they see what they're like in 2020 versus what they were like in 2002. Yeah, and the reason why I started bringing this up is uh, my cousin hit me up earlier today, and um, he's had some cigars in the past, and. You know, he reached out to me and he said, you know, what, where do you get your cigars? And, you know, what, what does that look like? And, and I just started thinking, man, to be in that place again, you know, with an unbiased, you yeah, know, yeah, a blank sheet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, and, and to look at some of the cigars now that I look at and we're like, I'm not touching that, you know, but, <laughs> um, you know, to be able to, to just, just go and 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 try yeah. things and and enjoy that again. I wish that I, I could go back to that place and and um, be there. So I'm a bit envious of that. But um, I would say, you know, for those who are out there wondering where to get their cigars, what to do is, you know, Facebook and social media has been an amazing place to get with other people, especially right now in this situation that we're on that we're in uh, with uh, all the virtual herfs that are going on. Um, but asking the questions, Hey, I'm in this area. Where do you guys get your cigars? Um, Cause word of mouth is, is huge. And it's, it's you know, everything that, that, yeah, literally it's everything. Yeah. That's, uh, honestly, all, all that my job essentially is, is to, is to get people excited about the product in a, in a, in a genuine way. Absolutely. Uh, so in, 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 because at the end of the day, the only metric of success is the consumer's passion for the product. 
Mm-hmm. The consumer has passion for the product. They recommend it to other people and they recommend it in a way. Uh, we were talking off, off the air about uh, that, that show, uh, Tiger, you know, is it Tiger King? Is that what yeah, it is? Tiger King. Yeah, Tiger King. So, so, so Tiger King, like, I'm intrigued to see it simply because I can't tell you how many people have been like, oh my God, you got to see the show or oh, be careful <laughs> seeing the show. It's crazy. You know? So uh, yeah. it's that, but it's that enthusiasm. If somebody just sits yeah. here and goes, you know, we got these cigars and they're very flavorful and, you know, we grow tobacco. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I could be saying everything is true. But right. does, does that make anyone really want to, you know, go out and, and pick some up? It, it's not really, you have to have that. And again, you, you can only in the long term, and especially now with so many easy ways to check, you have to do it in a genuine way. And it's got to be a real, a real thing. Not, you know, oh, we got uh, you know, tobacco from Castro's beard and we, <laughs> and we, and we fermented it in a nuclear reactor in North Korea. And I mean, that's, you know, Totally. You know, that's, I believe everything you just said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what, uh, what is your business strategy about getting consumers excited about your product? Do you, um, find your, you know, do you do events and are those successful? What, you know, what does that look like for you guys? So ed- education is really the, is really the key thing Dude. for us. Uh, is I, there's generally three types of, of strategies for how people kind of differentiate themselves. This is an oversimplification, but there's kind of cult of personality companies. You think of a company and you think of the owner and his, and his charisma and his personality and who he is. And that's very much associated with with the brand and that's and that's kind of what makes that brand stand out and then there's lifestyle based companies like uh, you think of for instance who owns davidoff who knows but like immediately when you think of davidoff you think of the luxury you think of that lifestyle you think of that kind of you know the suit and the nice watch and that's another way to kind of differentiate yourself and 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 the third way is kind of is product based where there's something about the product itself that's 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 special and for us it's the leaf we grow and that's what makes us special we, we're not that you know the most interesting people in the world and it's not you know we're not cultivating a lifestyle uh, other than the general lifestyle of cigars uh we're we grow a, 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 a two different seeds of tobacco corojo and criollo in uh in nicaragua and uh, some of the best fields in in the, in the country and we process it in a way that in blend that makes it uh, contain a signature flavor. And that signature flavor is what makes it special. And what we'll, we'll do even, I'll, I'll even start it up here. Yeah. Uh, we, at our events, we, we bring Fumas. This is a Corojo 99 Fuma, uh, from Jalapa. And, uh, th- this is a Viso leaf. Uh, Corojo 99, as I just said, is, is one of our signature seed varietals. And it's also, uh, not commonly grown in Nicaragua. I can't think of anyone else that grows it on any type of capacity. And certainly not the capacity that we grow. Um, and so this is in almost every blend that we do is is Corojo. In fact, I can't think of a blend that it's not in. And uh, this is the Jalapa uh, version of it, which is again in, in some Jalapa tobacco is in pretty much every blend we do. So this is one of our key components. And so we'll have people actually smoke this, which I'll do right here. And uh, while you're doing that, it's interesting. Uh, one of our uh, viewers, Quentin, good friend of ours as well, said. Um, the leaf tasting event you did with them was amazing. Well, you know, thank you, so sir. Is that kind of what you're doing right now? Yeah, basically, I'm doing what we do. We do this as staff training. We do this with uh, with with the, the 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 guys that are in the trenches out there going in the humidor, and we do it at, at, for events, and we do it in uh, in more formalized settings where people sit down and we do a whole uh, a whole uh, presentation, and we also do it very matter of factly. Hey, do you have five minutes? Uh, we basically, again, we're going to, it's two tobaccos from two regions. And then we have you smoke them individually. 
uh, taste. And again, we don't get into butterscotch and pecan pie and all this stuff. It's, it's like our Kodoho 99, for instance, which I'm smoking here. It makes you salivate. It hits you right on the sides of the mouth. And it's going to have some, uh, some subtle spice uh, up in the front of the palate and then through the retrohale. And then you're also going to get uh, a lingering sweetness. And people taste that. Like, it's not like, again, as I said, a bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, and then we'll go over the Kodoho uh, that I'll smoke in a minute. And then we combine them. And you see how that's kind of the backbone of our flavor profile. And if you like that, you're going to love Aganorsa. And if you don't, for whatever reason, there's lots of other great cigars out there. Uh, but, but doing that rather than just simply saying, hey, buy some cigars, I'll give you a free one. Or, you know, hey, you know, we're not trying to sell people. We're trying to educate them. Uh, we're not selling yachts here. So there's no reason to sell somebody something that, that they're not going to enjoy. And the best way to convince somebody that they're going to enjoy it is to, is to give them the opportunity to experience it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's great because we really, you know, this, this show, you know, the, and the website is really all about our, our number one goal is, is, is consumer focused education about premium cigars, about premium tobacco, where it comes from, how it's made, how to smoke it, how to store it better, how to, how to be a better member of the cigar community, all that stuff and everything in between. And, um, one of the things that I wanted to find out about, um, because with, like you were mentioning, different strategies, you know, the, the cult of personality and the product-centered and, and, and the other ones, the, the, when it comes to the actual blending of the cigars and working with the different tobaccos to put the blends together, you know, for, for Aganorsa Leaf, you know, it, it really comes down to Max and Eduardo when it, when it comes to, you know, the tobacco and the blends. And give us an idea of how how the the blending process is handled and who has input into the blending process and what that looks like for Aganorsa Leaf. So yeah, uh, Max and Eduardo have final say on everything uh, and and they they're they're crucial obviously, but we also have a team. So we ha- uh, for many years we had uh, Arsenio Ramos who passed away uh tragically uh last uh 2 years ago. 2 years ago, yeah. Um and and he was a guy that was like head head of fermentation for Cuba tobacco. He wasn't some person that they pulled off the streets of Havana and said, you're a Cuban guy. You can blend our cigars. He was, <laughs> he was intimately involved in Cuban tobacco for, I think like half a century. Uh, yeah. And then he came to work for us for the last uh, 20 or so years of his life. And so he was obviously uh, very heavily involved in the blending process. We also have several other guys, uh, Cuban, uh, 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 uh people involved, including uh, Jacinto Iglesias, who, uh, who's, who's, who's very well involved. Uh, Yamil Tavares, uh, who's another guy who's, who's involved. Um, Paul Palmer in our office in Miami, uh, he's involved. So what we, we kind of do is, the way I, I like to do things is to put out an idea and say, there, I think there's two different ways you can kind of blend stuff. You can either kind of just sit down, and this is fun, but I think it's less efficient, is like, it just kind of figure out smoke different things and see what you like. And then eventually something comes out of that. Uh, I think that's difficult because it's kind of like when you go to the bar and you ask the bartender, Hey, what should I drink? You know, well, scotch, bourbon, beer, wine, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go and have something good, but it's hard for that person to narrow it down because you're giving them so many options. Whereas if you say, uh, Hey, uh, I'm really looking for something that's rich and full bodied, but balanced now, now you've narrowed, the direction. And so we kind of, we kind of take that approach where it's like, okay, we, this is something, this is an, an area that we have an opportunity within our portfolio. This is what we kind of want. And then we'll work on the blends and, the, and those, and that team down there puts things together and 
we all smoke and, and see what we like. And then Eduardo and Max sign off on it at the end. Okay. Okay. Um, because yeah, with every, with every company, it's, it's, it's a little bit different when it comes to that blending and, and choosing final blends. And um, it's, I always love hearing about the stories of, of the way that different, mm-hmm. different companies do it. Um, I think uh, in, in my experience, more input is always good um, to a point, you know, uh, but I, it's, it sounds like there's a lot of good, uh, good palate, you know, uh, obviously good palates and good experience there at Aganorsa Leaf, uh, putting together those blends. Yeah. I, th- I think everyone that kind of knows their, their strengths and what they do. Like, uh, you know, I, I tend to know more about the market. I'm not sitting there saying, you know what, you really need to take, uh, more viso from, you know, Chilamate and <laughs> I'm not telling them that, you know, I, I, I'm saying this is where we right. want to go. This, this is what I think the market is looking for yeah uh, let's do that and then they you know they're not trying to tell me hey you know it would really work well in the u.s market they don't you know necessarily have as much familiarity with that they're, they know yeah. about tobacco so it, it works well everyone kind of has a role and and uh yeah and it creates something great this cigar <laughs> it's so good this this signature i mean oh my, i want to punch a baby seal right now this like sig- it is <laughs> so good that's our new tagline but you can use it. <laughs> Punch your baby, or what about a baby tiger? Or <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's yes. No more Tiger King references. Where is the spice coming from on this? Because it's perfect. So what? So I just lit up the our our Carrillo ninety eight Esteli. The Carrillo ninety eight Esteli is 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 not as much as the spice as you would think, because you think Esteli, the volcanic earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Carrillo 98 gives more uh, earth. It's got a greenness. Even like a, if you take your tongue, rub it to the roof of your mouth, you'll get a salty taste, which you should even get with that cigar. Yep. The spice is more from the Corojo. The, the, the it's not aggressive spice. No. Uh, but it, it, it's definitely got that spicy, you know, uh, you know, picante, I guess is the word in Spanish. It's got that, yep. that spice, but it's, it's, not, it's not aggressive. It's not, it's not harsh. And I would say it's like uh, when uh... – uh, people ask for spicy food in Minnesota. Yeah. That is what this spice is well, like. It yeah. is just a mild little tickle. Yeah, we, we call ketchup Minnesota hot sauce. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's, there's people up here who can't even handle, uh, you know, who can't even handle Tabasco sauce. They, they, they take one dot of Tabasco sauce on a tortilla chip and they act like they're going to die. Well, my so. mom can't even handle the chicken at Chipotle. Wow. Like. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's, it's, it all comes down to experience, but yep. the, yeah, I really am getting the differences now between, because that's one of the cool things also about Vitolas and different cigar sizes is, you know, this versus the Toro that I reviewed a few weeks ago, the, as similar as they are, there, there are definitely differences there. You know, there's changing ratio of wrapper to fillers and things. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, the the spice on this one, on this size, although it's still very well balanced, the spice is a little bit more intense, especially on the retrohale through the through the nose. It's got that pop, you know, that 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 sort of, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to use the word burn because that's not the word, but just that that sort of power through the nose. No, through the nose, it definitely. In fact, I almost feel that a lot of our cigars. I almost feel you're you're 
you're missing out. I mean, and I think that's true in general, but for us, I think you're, you're, you're not really enjoying it the, the way you should, if you're not retro hailing. I, I also, I always joke that, uh, Michael Herklotz, uh, from Nat Sherman a long time told me a story about a guy that would go into, uh, the, when he was at Davidoff in, in Madison Avenue in New York, and he would buy like a $30 you know, series R or something like that. And he would, he would go out in the street and he would eat it, eat the cigar. What? So once you, once you buy the cigar, you get to do whatever you want with it. But if, but if you're not retrohaling, I feel you're missing out. So I always encourage people because that's what blenders do. And when, when the blender is blending, he's retrohaling. And so yeah. if you want to know what the blender was really going for, you kind of need to do that. And for us, because that, that spice is much more prominent uh, through the, through the retrohale, I feel you're missing out if you don't do that. How great would that be if you just walk into a shop? And you buy like a like a seven by sixty, and you just sit down and you just start working it like a corn dog. I, I'm telling you, I, I'm not doing the story justice. If you if you uh, talk to Michael Herklotz, ask him about that. I cannot wait I've to gotta, hear that story. I've got to ask him that story. Yeah. Um, so give us an idea um, about the you know we we talked about you know the the signature Maduro which we're smoking right now, but you know the. We want to give the viewers and listeners, if they haven't had a chance yet to experience Aganorsa Leaf cigars, we want to give them a little bit of an idea about the core lines that they can find either through their online cigar vendors or through their, fortunately, when everybody reopens soon, the uh, find on their brick and mortar cigar shelves. Sure. And, uh, and so and this is where our FUMA experiences, if, you know, when things open back up and, you, and we can do some events, if you see we have an event somewhere to, to definitely partake. Because it's, it's a lot easier to break micro, uh, recommendations after they've done the FUMA experiences. So if you see me here now, I'm doing the Cheech and Chong thing where I'm smoking <laughs> both at the same time. Yeah. And that allows you to see how the, the flavors of the two combine to create a whole new complex, more nuanced, more balanced flavor. So some guys will say, though, you know, what? I really like the notes from the Corojo more. OK, so you like the Corojo more, our guardian of the farm, uh, the, uh, the natural, the original is uh, very Corojo dominant, really flavorful. Uh, our Aganor Salif, uh, Casa Fernandez Aganor Salif uh, Corojo, that's very Corojo dominant, great cigar. Um, our JFR, if you're looking for that every, that everyday cigar, that's, I, honestly, I feel the best value you can get out there. Uh, that's, you know, the, the Corojo is very dominant in the uh, in that that as well. Uh, and then if you like the Criollo more, our Aganor Salif Maduro, our Maduros tend to be more uh, Criollo dominant for the most part. Um, and then even, you know, I, I, oddly, uh, our, our Connecticut has, uh, has a good amount of Criollo in there. It's got a lot more body to it than, than you would get in most, uh, most Connecticut cigars, but still being very balanced. I think sometimes the trick with Connecticut is the old school Connecticut is very mild. Uh, it can be kind of papery or it can even be kind of bitter in some ways with the, with, uh, the Connecticut yep. wrapper, or they try to jack it up and it becomes kind of unbalanced, uh, but strong. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, we're very proud of the Connecticut's that we do that they kind of have that nice combination of, 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 of flavor and, and, uh, and intensity without, without losing the balance. Yeah. What, what uh, Connecticut do you use? Uh, Ecuador, Connecticut. Okay. Um, so if you had to, um, we've been asking this for the last couple of weeks to everybody on the show, but if you had to pick, one of the lines from Aganor's Leaf, you know, to that prefer that proverbial, you know, desert island cigar. You know, if you were stranded and could only have a hundred boxes of one of the, you know, just for your palate, your your sure. everyday smoke, what would it be? 
It, it would probably be. It's uh, it's a brand we, we're not as well known for. It's but it's one of my favorites. It's called Buena Cosecha. It's a uh, it's a brand that uh, it's very Corojo dominant. It's a uh, it's incredibly flavorful. I think almost all the tobaccos come from Jalapa, um, and that's for me is it's a fact. It's actually one of the cigars that made me join the company because when I sat down for an interview, they handed it to me, and at the time, it had kind of like it looked like I don't know a band from a Chinese restaurant or something. It just had a very odd band to it. And it kind of looked. And he froze. Oh, sorry. Could oh, you say that last part again? We had you freeze up for a second. Oh, sorry. Uh, so the the band on the Buena Cosecha looked like uh, it looked something out of a Chinese restaurant, and okay. uh, and it just didn't look. I mean, it didn't look appeal. Like I I didn't. And it was funny because when I would first hand the cigar to other people, I would get the same kind of look. They'd be like, "This is what you're handing me." But when you lit it up, it was excellent. Yeah. And uh, we, we, we have changed the band on it to bring it in line to everything else. But it was a good example of the company uh, where it had this really incredible tobacco and these incredible brands uh, that just didn't come across well. And uh, so it's kind of got a sweet spot to me as well. But the box press torpedo, I would probably that would probably be the cigar I would pick. OK, um, so we we talked a little bit about this before we went live, but. You know, everything going on with uh, COVID-19, uh, the shelter in place, the lockdown, stuff like that. Um, we, we don't know what the future is going to bring, but we're hopeful, of course, that there's going to be uh, a PCA organization trade show in July, as it's originally you know been scheduled for. If the trade show does happen, um, do you guys plan on uh, exhibiting at the trade show? Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, that's the pl- that's the plan. I th- I think uh, I think we're still pretty far out from it, and we'll see and we'll see what uh, happens. But w- right now we're you know far for the you know the course. We're, yeah. we're just uh, going to move forward and take it day by day and see what happens. But we're planning on being there. Yeah, def- definitely hopeful that it happens. Um, if so, and this is a question that I've been curious about since even even back a few months ago when you know the announcement about some companies choosing not to go um and I've been curious about so not just for them but for every company if if let's say the trade show doesn't happen which obviously we don't want that we want it to go on but if it doesn't happen what what are the strategies for you and and what do you think is important to the cigar industry as a whole to make up the ground that that typically gets accomplished at at a trade show like that that's uh that's the million dollar question I, yeah i think uh i think there's you know may, maybe some ideas will come out of this next month and in the last couple of weeks where you have something virtual where you set up a time and you have people come in and you talk about the cigars and they can ask questions about it. There's things like that you could potentially do. Um, obviously, you know, travel w- would change. Everyone's kind of not traveling the couple weeks before and the couple, you know, the couple weeks after, or at least the week before. And then usually the couple weeks after, um, or if you are traveling, you're going to visit accounts that didn't go to the show, uh, any of which would, you know, we don't attend. Um, so there'd probably be more traveling. We'll maybe do some virtual stuff. Um, but it's tough, you know, it's, it's one of the few opportunities every year where you get to spend some time with uh, a lot of people that would be hard to see all in one week otherwise. So it's, it's definitely going to be a challenge. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's understandable. I, that's one of the, you know, obviously um, one of the big reasons that we hope just for the industry as a whole mm-hmm. and for the cigar culture as a whole, I think the, the trade show is, is beneficial to, uh, to everybody involved from the consumers, even though it's not a consumer show, 
in the end, it ends up benefiting the consumers right. greatly. So I hope definitely that the show goes on. Yeah, yeah, from your mouth to God's ears. So, <laughs> That's right. Has it ever been canceled that you guys know? So. Not the only time it, 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 where is in. I know Katrina came right after it one year. It was right. like with, uh, it was a few weeks after they had it, but I, I can't think of any example where it's ever been canceled. It's, it's or, also been going on for about a hundred years, so it may, maybe yeah. back in the early days, maybe. But I I can't think of any time in the past. So thirty or forty years, uncharted waters in modern history. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you guys have, and, and no specifics, I wouldn't ask you to divulge that, but uh, do you guys have any new projects in the works? Yeah, we, we have a couple of things. Uh, we, uh, we had a, at uh, TP this past January, we had our Supreme Leaf, uh, which we released, which did really phenomenally well. And so we're going to have, uh, another size of that at, uh, at, uh, PCA. Um, I've been posting some pictures of uh, a brand that we're, uh, we're, we've, we've redone called the lunatic torch where the, the it's a brush foot where the wrappers removed from the first half inch. So you're tasting our fillers, um, before you get to the, the main, uh, you know, the, the wrapper of the cigar and you kind of see how that changes the, the complexity and contributes to it. So we're excited about that. And we got a, few, a couple other things that we have in the works, but we'll, again, we'll, we'll see how this all plays out. Maybe, um, you know, the, if we have to, we'll, we'll kind of, uh, break that break those releases up if we have to um but that's what we're planning to right now is have them at the show and castro's beard when is that coming out yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh not anytime soon not anytime okay. soon. yeah it's 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 too hard to get away with uh making stuff up anymore you know <laughs> it's pretty you know it's a, a quick google search can prove most things uh you know true or not Somebody's definitely got that one copywritten already. They have I'm to. I'm sure. <laughs> I know. If they don't, I should look it up. That's a good Yeah, that's absolutely. A um, so uh, we're going to move now into this week's smokabulary word. And as always, our smokabulary word is brought to you by A.J. Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend, strength, and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Diaz de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. So, guys, this week's smokabulary word is mazo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mazo tough. Terrence, you, uh, mazo tough. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Um, Terrence, you are familiar, of course, with the word mazo as it relates to the world of premium cigars. It's a bundle. It's a bundle. That's basically it. And, and it's funny because there are a lot of words that I find in that, that are used in the premium cigar industry and in the cigar, in cigar history that, don't directly translate to their Spanish to their Spanish counterpart, you know, because the word mazo means mallet. Really? So I didn't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know either until I looked it up today. It actually means mallet, but in the cigar world, it, it's just a bundle. Instead of putting cigars in a box, you put them in a bundle, yeah. and it, it can reduce the cost, the overall cost to the consumer, and things like that. But uh, did you look into the history of that? Into the history of the mazo, no, yeah. The, the, yeah, the etymology of the world. 
Yeah. <laughs> I did not. I didn't go. I didn't go all. You didn't like, dive. I didn't go full James Lipton. <laughs> 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 but uh, that is uh, that is this week's smokeabulary word. And uh, should we should we do this, Garrett? Oh yeah. Should we? Okay. I all think right. we should. It is time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. As always, brought to you by Oveja Negra Brands, brings you premium smoking experiences forged from tobacco, time, and talent. Comprised of Black Label Trading Company, Black Work Studio, Dissident, and Emilio. Oveja Negra Brands provide smokers uncompromising blends renowned for their flavor and lasting impression. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock. Visit ovejanegracigars.com to learn more. So hit us. Hit us with the number. The number comes from North America only, U.S. and Canada. And that number is 15 people a year die from this. Okay. It, it sends about 15,000 people to... Uh, to the ER every year. Okay. But only 15 people fall victim. Spider bites. Ooh, that's that's a good one. It's not spider bites. I'm out of ideas then. <laughs> so, He's out. So 15 people a year in North America mm-hmm. die from this, mm-hmm. but it sends approximately 15,000 to the hospital. Correct. Um, and um, this is the time of year that it uh, it really starts to happen. Sinuses. No. Aller- no allergies. No. No. Well, allergies in in that aspect. No. Okay. So there's a clue there. But it's related to allergies in some way. It can be mm-hmm. allergy to food. Mm-hmm. Chad golfing. No. Oh, we got some. Oh, is it uh, aspirin? No. Fire butter? Fireworks? No, it's not fireworks. Fireworks. Uh, I should do fireworks is one it, of these times. Is it aspirin? It is not aspirin. Not peanut butter, huh? Not peanut butter. No. Uh, that's a higher number. Um, uh, shellfish. It is not shellfish. So a uh, favorite pastime of uh, many Minnesotans um, in late spring go out to do this ice fishing that's <laughs> unfortunately gone at this time a year um roses <laughs> that's interesting not roses roses not roses um is it morel mushrooms because a lot of people go out hunting for morels this time of year it is not morels oh but it's is it mushrooms it is mushrooms so just mushrooms in general? Just, yep. Uh, mushrooms that people shouldn't eat. And, uh, and they do. Is it, so, so they just go out in the forest and find some random fungus and eat it? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, like Mario? Yes. And they think they will grow. But I mean, they, it's crazy. They, they have, hey, Terrence, they have to rescue the princess. I mean, this is important stuff. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Fifteen thousand people, you guys, every year in North America, end up in the ER or a clinic or something from eating a mushroom that they shouldn't. 
And uh, like I said, it's a it's a popular pastime here in Minnesota, as Matt said. Um, morel hunting is uh, is a big pastime for for some people. And I remember um, when I was in junior high and high school, my uh, stepdad at the time would take me out, and he would have a seven iron that was his morel hunting seven iron, and dude was like Tiger Woods with this thing. He would clip the morel and it would just end up in his bag that he would have open over here. So he'd clip it, catch it, clip it, catch it. That's great. I, I never knew you used a golf club to harvest mushrooms. Yeah. Huh. No kidding. Yep. Not everybody's, uh, there's actually a, a, a device almost like a golf club that uh, that some people use, but mushrooms is this week's numero de los muertos well that's a good one that that's yeah. um unexpected Let's, so yeah. make sure if you're if you're hunting for mushrooms <laughs> know what know what a morel looks like know <laughs> know what you're eating and uh yeah i just want you to know you completely killed my plans this weekend <laughs> I know, yeah, because they, they they have a lot of morel mushrooms in, or a lot of mushrooms growing in the forests around Coral Gables. Yeah, that, that, that was my, you know, that's what I was all excited about, and now you know, yeah. I'm, a little, I'm a little wary. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, I would be. Well, I would be. I'm sorry. Right. You can go. You can go wild pig hunting or uh, lawn darts. Lawn darts. Lawn There's darts. Always lawn fun. darts. That's true. Bocce ball, maybe. There you go. There you go. In uh, in traffic. <laughs> you, could, you could go bowling down the streets now yeah, yeah that's, that's true yeah absolutely um so terrence here's a little bit of lightning round of some off the wall questions if you could choose to hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes who would it be and why of one living po- person huh uh oh man let me think here one living person. Pope Francis, I think. Pope Francis. Wow. Okay. That's a first. Yeah, that's and a I'm first. surprised. Because, you know, it, like, with the I modern world now, it used to be kind of like people like that were so separated from society that they mm-hmm. just, you couldn't imagine them, like, sitting there, like, watching a soccer game or, like, putting their shoes on. They just seemed to, you know, exist on another level. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'd be interested, is he, like, thinking about, you know, why do they – you know, drive on a parkway and park in a driveway, or is he thinking like religious stuff? You know, is he thinking like about God? I love it. I love it. Well, and uh, he, he is, uh, I think he has been uh, just a, an amazing Pope. I'm not Catholic, but um, all the things that he has done has really impressed me for, uh, for a lot of the the big things like going and washing the feet of, of the people in the prison and um, refusing to live in the palace and wear all the jewelry and the, you know, all of that stuff. He's kind of shaking things up. Yeah. I'd be interested to see if he's thinking about that stuff or if he's thinking about what, what's he going to eat for dinner tomorrow? Right. Yeah. I don't or, know. That's or, why I don't want to hear his thoughts. Or what, what, which episode he's on of uh Tiger King. Of Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> I he I have to I have to guess he's probably never seen it. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume. Yeah, but that's why I'd want to know. We don't know. We're just guessing. we don't know exactly. Yeah. What is uh, Pope Francis streaming? <laughs> uh, so, Terrence, if you were about to get into a fight, what soundtrack music would come on? Oh, that's easy. The uh, 
remember uh, it's disco science it's the song from uh remember in the movie snatch have you seen snatch oh yeah, yeah. remember when they take out the dogs to hunt to hunt the rabbit yes that music yes that's what i would that's what i would want yeah and if you guys don't know that i'm trying uh, to blank on if the you song. Guys, if you guys don't know it later on go on youtube and just just search for youtube for snatch rabbit hunting although careful who knows what might come up but it's hilarious <laughs> yeah yeah or the movie yeah. movie snatch disco science uh, or yeah, yeah. The song is called disco science yeah it's it's a great scene i love yeah that. don't search snatch hunting yeah don't yeah. search that that I, might bring up some other things that's, yeah that's different yeah do yeah. not do not <laughs> um so terrence choose one of the following you could hit a home run as a starting pitcher you could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman or you could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie. Go on a hockey game as a goalie. Number one answer. That's it the is. most popular answer. Yeah, that's hard, that's hard to do, man. That's very it rare. And we and we have to add on. We keep meaning to add this into the list to you know score a coast to coast goal in a, a a soccer game as the goalie, which is even more rare. My answer hasn't changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mine wouldn't either. In my entire life, I've probably seen eight minutes in total of soccer. And that was eight minutes too much for me. I I, I like soccer. I got into it when I I lived in England for a little bit, and uh, I got into it over there. But, yeah, it's not passing up the goalie. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, Terrence, if you could give one piece of advice to a brand-new premium cigar consumer, what would it be? I, I would say trust your palate. Like smoke when if somebody don't smoke something simply because people tell you, oh, that's what the cigar you should be smoking. Go out there and try different things and and see what what you know floats your boat and what doesn't and and go with from there. I think that's the key thing. Is I think for all for beyond cigars for everything, people a lot of times go. are like, oh, you know, well, I'm not supposed to like this or you know, this isn't what's popular or this is the supposedly you know, taste like this or whatever, you know, go out there and try different stuff and find what suits you. Yeah. Um, if you, same question, but if you could give one piece of advice to cigar retailers, um, obviously right now it's, everything's in flux because of what's going on, but just for, for the brick and mortar cigar retailers that are out there during normal operations, what are you, what's the advice you give them most often? Well, I would say engagement is, is the is the most important thing. I think uh, if you're just, it's a very difficult environment for any retail business. And mm-hmm. I think the days of just being able to kind of sit there and people come to you uh, are less and less viable. And so you you know call the, the local Elks Club and get them down there for a meeting. You know, uh, get get out there and talk to your consumers. Have some sort of event that brings in new people. Whatever it, you know. Again, there's a million different ways to to do things and and. Uh, you know, uh, Dave Garofalo from two guys, he has a whole book on all sorts of things you can do to get people to come in your, your shop. Uh, I think those are the types of things that you need to be really thinking about is how do I, how do I pull people in here, um, and be proactive in that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Terrence, now we're going to talk about, um, notable smokables. We talk about each week, um, Garrett and I name off a couple cigars and our guests, uh, you're up, obviously welcome to join in. We talk about some cigars that we've smoked recently that, that just uh, were interesting to us. It could be brand new to the market. It could be a, a, an old staple, um, just something that uh, you know we, we picked up from our humidor recently or from a shop and, and smoked. Um, one that um, 
that I hadn't smoked since I think it first came out a few years ago was the uh, Asylum made a uh, sort of a companion cigar for Dragon's Milk uh, Stout, uh, the beer. And I, I smoked one of those for my humidor just maybe it was just yesterday or within the last few days. And uh, it's a really nice I forgot. It's a really nice cigar. It's uh, mm-hmm. got super intense flavors to it, but a really, really nice cigar. I had one of those at Nat Sherman when they first came out, I think a couple of years. I can't remember how long now. Time goes by so fast. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I remember really liking it. That was a great cigar. Yeah. Uh, For me, I just had a, um, a uh, Tatuaje ME and um, I forgot how, how great that cigar is. Really Um, is a good cigar. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just tons of flavor, good flavor, great cigar. Yeah. So Terrence, obviously you smoke a lot of Agonorsa stuff, but you're also a you know a consumer at heart. So is there anything interesting you've smoked recently that that kind of caught your fancy? I thought that uh, the the Aladino uh, Reserve is it the Reserve mm. the Corojo Reserve? It, I thought that was really very flavorful. I thought that that was a really tasty cigar. I had one of those not too long ago. Yeah. Oh, and Ray's got a good answer. This uh, yeah, one does. of our viewers, Ray's saying the uh, the HVC five hundred. I agree 100%, Ray. Yep. Very, very, very good cigar. Oh, delicious. That's very good cigar. cigar. Um, my my only other one uh, that I put on my list this week was uh, one that I got um, two years ago. And I like this this particular company stamps dates on the inside of their bands. And it's the uh, oh, wow. Debonair Daybreak. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. And it was dated from, uh, uh, I want to say, April or May of... Uh, 2018 uh so um you know a couple years age you know didn't hurt that cigar at all still had um you know a lot of flavor um great construction very well very well made cigar and my last one is the uh southern draw kudzu um not the lustrum but just the kudzu and um that's just a great line yeah and uh love it very much, very much. Uh, anything else on your uh, uh, recent smoking list that you liked, Terrence? I, I had a, uh, a retailer had some some old Casa Fernandez Miamis. Mm. I, had, I had one with the old with the F looking label on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that smoked really well. It was it was very tasty. Yeah, yeah. I still somewhere buried in my humidor. I still have one of the old Maduros. Um, with the old that old band, yeah, no, they're smoking great. Um, so I'm gonna have to dig that out one of these days. Yeah, unrelated, but I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, guys, for those of you watching and listening, give you an idea of some stuff that we have coming up uh, next week um, on the seventh. This one's gonna be a lot of fun, uh, and I have to ask Garrett to move his hand so I can read the screen there. So coming up next week. I'm going to call this Quarantina Palooza <laughs> because, because we're going to have from separate locations, we're going to have some of the gang from Espinosa Cigars. We're definitely going to have Hector, and hopefully we're going to also have Jack Tarano and Eric Espinosa himself, all from separate locations on the show. And they have their wonderful festival every year that they call Lazona Palooza. So I thought it was only fitting to call next week's show Quarantina Palooza. So you will not want to miss that. 
the following week, we'll be on in a special night. Instead of Tuesday, we'll be on Monday the 13th with Cigar Coop himself, Will Cooper. Uh, and then a week after that, we're going to have uh, on the 21st, Klaus Kellner from Davidoff. And then the week after that, Terrence just mentioned Dave Garofalo from Two Guys Cigars and from Cigar Authority is going to be on the show. So we have some very cool stuff coming up over the next month and beyond. So, uh, Terrence, give our listeners and viewers one final idea where they can find out more information about Aganor Salif. So you can check our website, aganorsalif.com, but also, more importantly, uh, Instagram, Aganor Salif, Facebook, Aganor Salif. Um, if you can follow us, we also have a Facebook group, Aganorsa Acolytes, which I uh, request to join. And we put out a lot of stuff in there, too. And it's also a great opportunity. What, what I like to hear is, uh, is feedback from our, from our consumers. It's one of the biggest, uh, our retail partners and consumers is how we, we drive our business. And so I, I always want to hear from them what they're smoking, what they're thinking about, uh, what they enjoy. And uh, it's a great opportunity to, to learn, but also to, to stay in touch and, and, to, and to give us ideas and, and, and uh, feedback. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see, uh, you know, and be able to participate in one of one of those events when all of this craziness is over. So I'm looking forward to uh, coming to one of your, one of your events. Absolutely. No, I, I please. I, and, and that's another good reason to, to follow is that we'll, we'll announce those on on our on our social media. And so you have the opportunity to know when they're coming up. And, and yeah, maybe in the future we do a, we do a virtual one not here. You never know. Yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic. And like we say always, too, with uh, any of our guests, if uh, if you have a chance to try and uh, you really enjoy the cigars, you know that um, you know our guests are are uh, a part of, and uh, they're not in your brick and mortar shop. Let let them know. Say, yeah. hey, this is a great cigar. I enjoy it. I think it'll do well here. And uh, you know, advocate for the cigars that you like to your shop owners. That's where you know, that's where they get ideas. It's, you know, it's one thing for them to go to shows and, you know, have all these guys talking about, you know, their cigars and stuff, but the consumer Mm -hmm. is requesting a particular product that goes a long way for a lot of these shop owners. So that's the key thing. I mean, it's so much easier when you go into a place and they said, Oh, we've had people asking about that. I mean, that's a, it's a much easier conversation than nobody's ever heard of this. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Terrence, thank you so much yeah, man. for spending some time with us and teaching about teaching us about Aganor Salif and just uh, spending some time with a uh, great conversation. We really appreciate your time tonight. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, guys, if you're watching and listening, as always, we thank you for spending time with us. If you have any questions, you can email us directly on HowAboutThatCigar.com. You can also send us questions on our Facebook page. And until we see you next time, burn cigars. Not bridges. Take care, guys. Thank you.